Hello and welcome to the More About Jesus podcast. My name is Al Martins and I'm joined by Daniel Dunbar, my cousin, who is the uh, super tech guy. He's the <laughs> he's the one that makes things sound good, which is good. And you'll uh, you'll get in our banter. We'll understand why uh, a bit more about that. But anyways, uh, thanks for being here. Um, this is the More About Jesus podcast. All we're doing is talking about Jesus. Uh, we're reading the Bible to find that out. And both Daniel and I feel a need in our lives to make what we do uh, involving our faith more about Jesus than a lot of other things. It's, it's just like re-looking into what that means to um, follow Jesus and be a Jesus follower. So how was your last couple of weeks? Um, it's been fairly busy. We had like a snowstorm hit um, early last week, I think it was. So we had about a foot or two feet of snow just about drop. Yeah, we got part of that, but not all of it. So yeah, yeah, I think we got we got hit with it. So while BC was getting all the rain and all the flooding, we were actually getting all, all that precipitation turned to snow for us. Mm -hmm. And then it we went from like wet heavy snow down to like minus 19 so which you guys also got the cold yeah it's not as cold today but and it's getting a little warmer but yeah we had a yuck, yikes kind of cold <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i don't like it yeah so and then and then everybody was panicking as uh as they're bringing in their vehicles for like winter tires and so oh, yeah. that's right yeah i yeah. forgot yeah that's yeah. so bad everybody's panicking and it's just Oh, you gotta yeah. be kidding me! Like, and even yeah, I every did. Year. Even every I every year, I I bought I I broke down and bought a set of winter tires for for the newer car that we got. So, yeah, I'm thinking I need to get a pair for Gloria's car, but now I gotta wait. I should have done it sooner, but you know, but not. But if I called now, I know it'd be like two months into the future that you can get in because everyone booked it. Uh, no, you should be you should still be able to get in i I'll mean we in edmonton maybe yeah i'm well. not driving on. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. yeah, <laughs> drive all the way out here just to get some winter tires put on it eh? i'm balking at it too i used to go to the walmart but they shut down there because i like cheap tires yeah yeah and uh they shut it down the, the tire shop in our walmart so yeah yeah i'm gonna have to bite the bullet a little more this time yeah. yeah, it's winter. Anyways, people listening in other places in the world. We do have, I think there was one Filipino listener and there was like, there's some overseas stuff that I, that showed up in our podcast uh, stats. So oh, that nice. was cool. Oh, that's but awesome. That might, it, but it might be <laughs> bots. I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> matter. But they're definitely not minus 15 or 19. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then this week was, uh, uh, er, earlier in the week, we had freezing rain on top of all this, on top of oh, all this snow yeah. and ice and highways got shut down. There was a fatality on the highway just outside of Edmonton. And, uh, yeah. And people panicked once again for tires. Yeah. Everyone, uh, all the roads out of North Battleford that one day were when it was wet and icy. Yeah. Yep. There was just travel not recommended. Yeah. Yeah, and now for like two days. Yeah, and now we're sitting at like plus four degrees, which after like a week of like minus nineteen, it feels like spring. It's awesome. Yeah, it does. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I know. I want to short weather. 
We're already used to the cold, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then January, I'm we're going to hit the... Uh, January, we're going to hit the... a hoodie. <laughs> January, we're going to hit the minus 35 again, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, I want to talk quickly before we get into the Bible stuff about, about the Beatles. Yes. And, and because... And then I know from your perspective, it's going to be cool because I, so they just released, I guess, yesterday, today, there's two episodes of a documentary on the last album the Beatles did in 1970 mm-hmm. called Let It Be, uh, right when they broke up and stuff. So that's no, I don't have to give spoiler alerts here because that's 50 years ago. Yeah, right? I, I think they broke up and, <laughs> yeah. and somebody also died at some point. Plus two of them are, yeah, <laughs> not with us anymore. Yeah. But I I was telling my wife today that, like, I it's been a long time since I thought that I it would be fun to be in a band mm. in the sake, in the sense of like a rock band. I, like, I've been in bands, like worship bands and stuff, and that's always really special and that's fun. and. But when you're young, you dream of being in a rock band. Like I did that when I was in high school. Yeah. And I haven't done it again till watching this. So I've watched all the first episode and part of the second. And I thought, man, it'd be fun to be in a band. Just to be even a bass player or something in a band. <laughs> Mind you, I'm obviously the Beatles are the Beatles, right? But yeah, yeah. And it, big- it got my got me going, but it, it was so lo-fi i read the whole time i'm thinking about you i'm like daniel's got to see this because they got trash man like they, this is like and they're bajillionaires they all have like big houses and stuff already they're the rock and roll gods yeah they're the whatever like they've done it all and they they're this album was record like they barely threw it together yeah, and the, you, the crop they had to use, they had to use George like an eight. They used the they all the other albums used four track recording, mm-hmm. and this is the first time they used eight. And it's because George Harrison had bought one, so he brought his from the home to bring it to the studio. Did I'm like, are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's it's crazy, right? Because uh, you look you look at the uh, uh, the technology at that time, and that was like, you know, they sound great and. People like the engineers, the recording engineers and stuff had to be really on their game because I've only got four tracks that I can record to, or I've only got eight tracks that I can record to, right? And then you didn't have all the digital stuff that you have right now. It was all through analog desks. I mean, yeah, sure. Like the analog desks that were in that studio were amazing analog desks. I think they're all probably Neves, um, like all built by Rupert Neve. And they just, they do, they sound great. And now we have option paralysis when we actually have stuff happening in the studio. Cause it's, um, we, it's like, oh yeah, which plugin do I want? Oh, I've got like for reverbs, I've got like about a, a dozen or so. And it's like back then they had one right <laughs> or a maybe a knob or whatever yeah. maybe two right it's like maybe you know and and if you're really lucky you had like the the emt plate which is like a four foot by eight foot plate of steel with with pickups and speakers on it so it just, and it sounds gorgeous right mm-hmm. but you know not every studio had those and so but i mean they were they were really good musicians it was it was cool i watched that's the thing i mean dang it they're like 
And it's all live. So like, there's no doing tracks and like, like we're used to now, like heck the whole albums are made now in, in other parts of the world. Like, yep. I remember hearing an interview with uh, Rob Halford from Judas Priest. Like when he does his own stuff, his own solo albums, he doesn't, no one ever even meets. Yeah. This is even anymore. before the pandemic. They don't, they just, uh, yeah. one guy lives in Germany and the other guy, and they just throw the tracks together and hand oh, it over to some producer and throw it together and. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty rare now to have like a studio that will actually have a full band in to to record all at the same time now, right? Because now uh people like the like um how most people want their music, how clean they want it. It's like, okay, we'll lay down a basic scratch track for the guitars, right? Just to get this just to get it out there. And then the drummer will play to that. And then a guitar player will play to that. Or the bass player will play to that. Okay, now let's get the vocalist in. And then they'll start singing to that, right? And so they're all separate. So you don't have, so you don't, so you limit your, your vocal bleed. Your limit, you limit your microphone bleed, right? Because, you know, if you don't have musicians who aren't great at playing, like e- leveling themselves and mixing themselves, it, it becomes a, it becomes another mess, right? Because you, could you imagine like being in a, in a room with a drummer while you're trying to sing vocals and he's bashing away on the drums, <laughs> you know, it, you're, you're going to get some of that bleed through. Somehow they did it. They, but they did it. I mean, not nowadays, yeah. everybody's like, we can, we can Crazy. separate everything and then put it all back together. Easy peasy. So yeah. that's, that, that's what we've gotten used to. Right. I remember hearing about Johnny Cash's band too. Like when they did live stuff, they didn't have monitors or nothing. Like the, the guys in the back, didn't know squat what was going on they just had to feel it hmm. and then johnny would change the song like he would he would do it in the studio even for pete's sakes while they're doing a recording for whatever it was and they have one chance to do this and limited money they're doing a song and he would change up an adverse or whatever huh. and they had all these signals his whole band could look at each other yeah and yeah and 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 nod or whatever and then just okay we're doing this now and just bizarre it's a whole other world they were they were just they were just a tight bunch of musicians right and Mm -hmm. that's that's probably what the difference is right like i even remember um uh, my brother when he put out one of his uh jazz albums i think it was the quintessential uh the the one with the coffee on it um yeah uh his that was the first one i listened to yeah his live drummer uh couldn't hack it in the studio he was great live but just just sort of froze up in the studio, couldn't couldn't track it properly, and so they actually hired a session a session drummer to do all the tracks on it, <laughs> and he the guy came in and and did it once, like one one shot each song, ran through all the sessions, like ran through all the songs and done, hundred bucks a track, like but that's a professional, right? Wow. Ten songs, it's like a thousand bucks. Thank you very much. And then Doug listened back to it and he's like, the guy's playing was so good. He had to go back and re-record his guitar and saxophone parts because he had to up his game because that guy <laughs> upped his game. <laughs> Goodness. So, and then that's how that studio, that's how that album, uh, that's how that album came to sound so awesome. Right. So, yeah. But everybody tracking their own parts. So that, their last one that Doug was part of, um, I think they all tracked it in the same room. They actually were cool. like in somebody's living room and tracked it. So. And that's got that's got a cool groove and vibe to it then. Right? 
because then everybody's yeah. in the same room. They can they can play off of each other, and that's that's sort of what's what I'd love to be able to do at some point is have some. Sounds like we struck your nerd ver nerd uh, uh, your nerd vibe here tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I have uh, my vocal booth set up right behind me here because uh, uh, for a friend's song that's coming out, uh, they needed some vocals for a course. So I banged out three harmonies in an evening. So, and then I've opened it up for anybody, uh, anybody who wants to come over and add their vocals to it as well. So, hey, like, so 10 o'clock good for you tomorrow? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll pop on by. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be yeah, there. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Now this is where we'd have a commercial if we were gonna have that. So uh, there's no commercials. We have no sponsors. If you want to be a sponsor, that's fine. All the more about Jesus broadcast sponsored by Air with Heart. <laughs> that'd be good. Because that's yeah, my that's, that's Daniel's new business or da, that's, 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 that's that's uh, my wife's yeah. that's my wife's salon and she lets yeah, me. I've been she following lets, her postings. It's yeah. really good stuff. Yeah, she lets me come out here. So yes we are sponsored by her <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no we could promote it for sure okay let's get into this um so we're on the last beatitude it's uh the last one but i mean obviously it's a big sermon we're going to be doing this all of next year too if we keep this up oh yeah but um maybe we'll be able to this, blast this through the, the attitudes and before we dive into that uh, like i've been Thinking that this one really kind of uh, might, I might get a little, not heated, but I'm kind of passionate about what, where this is going to be going tonight. So just to give you a heads up, because um, when it comes to persecution, it's kind of been a thing that's been going around lately with Christians. But anyway, let's read. I'll, I'll, I'll read my NLT version and then we'll dig deeper. Matthew 5, starting at verse 10. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now that's the beatitude, and then I'm going to read 11 because it kind of ties in. Uh, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Mm -hmm. So that's our thing, persecution. Yeah. And in the, and in the massage, the message, if, if anybody yeah. new hasn't understood Yeah, in case you're not getting our joke. <laughs> <laughs> the massage or the message version. You are blessed when you're committed to, your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort, and they are uncomfortable with that. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds, and know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. <laughs> what was that one phrase there that made me laugh? 
cheer about give a little cheer about it give a, give a cheer yeah I, I like i like how it says that it's like Woo-hoo. it's like it, you know what it means is that the the truth is too close for comfort yeah now that's oof wow that's why they're persecuting you because the the truth is just a little bit too close for comfort so now i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you what what can you think of nowadays that's persecution? Like, can we even compare what, because, because, uh, so now these people were killed. Yeah. They were thrown to the lions and so, stuff like that. And there are parts of the world where people, if, if you follow Jesus, like in China, they'll put you in jail or whatever. In, China, in like they still most, gotta be most of the Middle East, right? Most of the Middle East, Iran, uh, Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia. Anywhere there's there's a heavy Islamic or Muslim presence, especially radicals. Um, if you become a Christian, you'll be killed. Yeah, or proclaim it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. If and you're you, secretive, I guess you could probably get away with it. But yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, that's uh, it's it's unfortunate, but it's it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they should give a little cheer. Yeah. And you know what? That's I don't I don't think they feel that way necessarily. <laughs> they they probably don't, but I think that um they because I was I was listening to um one podcast where they're saying like he was he was doing a talk with people in Greece and uh and some of the people that were there are people who fled from Iraq. Uh, to Greece uh, because of the oppression that was happening. And then they became Christian while in Greece. And then they went back to Iraq. Like they decided that, you know what, this is worth dying for. This is worth telling my family back home about. That Jesus Jesus and the redemption story is, is worth me risking my life to go back there. Hmm. Right. And and uh, uh, they videotaped his his talk, and he's like, "So what would happen?" And they're like, "Well, because we videotaped it, and then we broadcast it all over Iraq, Turkey, uh, Iran. Um, your picture is probably on a wall somewhere saying we got to kill this guy, even though he's an American." Wow! Right? And so he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess." Yeah, and I, I'll be honest, I haven't looked up a lot of these stories, like, lately. I, I see them intermittently, but we don't focus on them out here. No. In North America. We're not all that interested in what other churches and or, or what, I guess, our brothers and sisters around the world are going through. Yeah, we... we, we te- necessarily even helping them. Yeah, we, we tend to be very uh, self-centered <laughs> here, in, here in our North American culture, because it's like, okay, what kind of persecution would we have? Uh, people are going to call us names. Yeah, I know. And poke, see, fu- and, poke fun at us. And that's kind of why I wanted to get that out of the way first, because uh, we don't have persecution. That's what I'm flat out saying. There's zero here. It's yeah. I don't think I don't think there's. You can't. It would be offensive. Well, and in... disrespectful to people that are in other places that are risking their very lives. Yeah. To say in our culture yeah. that we are, 
teased, made fun of, bullied, that's not necessarily not necessarily the same. Like it can't be put in the same category, I don't think. And yeah. I mean, we might I don't think that's what Jesus is necessarily even talking about, what we go through at all. Yeah. And I mean, Jesus, I mean, here in North America, um, you might lose your job. Right. You might, depending. Uh if yeah, you, but you have recourse. If, 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 like you if you are, I went to, yeah. if I took that to court, then at least I could fight that. Where in other places they would just shoot you or whatever. I mean, this. Yeah. I could fight and say, hey, you know, I have rights here. I have a right to practice whatever religion I want in this country. Yeah. And even, um, uh, well, now you have uh, cancel culture, right? Which is uh, sort of pushed by the more left wing. Um, uh, people and they really take a hard stance against religion and especially Christianity. And so, if you start speaking out against them too much, they will try to uh, get your social media uh, destroyed. And that's what they mean by canceling, right? Is that they are going to destroy everything that you, every platform that you have, they're going to try to get rid of, right? So, whether it be YouTube, uh, uh, blogs, it's actually post. not even a liberal conservative thing anymore. It's both sides that. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a, do that. Yeah, I think it's a God Satan thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. It's just like if you're against if you're against God, I guess which side are you on? No, what I'm seeing is I've seen conservatives can't like canceling liberal views and liberals canceling you know like they instead yeah. of a, a mature discussion through things we were polarized very polarized and i i yeah and i don't the polarized stuff drives me nuts yeah and that's why i'm just uh, like G jesus came here and he's like you know what just love each other yeah and that's and what we work together to and we all need each other anyways okay persecution getting back to it i um, well, and I should promote it quick too, because there's a blog now that goes along with this podcast that I'm going to use once in a while just to kind of rehash stuff. Uh, I'll take the stuff we say and discuss and throw it together after we do a few episodes and collect my thoughts and put something out there for people to read. And I wrote one about this. Um, I really don't think, I, I, well, I started thinking about what does persecution mean um in in our context so it, obviously we're not the same as uh, people in muslim countries and all that but where will we receive persecution it will actually be from the same people that did it in jesus time so who persecuted the early christians for the most part oh that was the church that was uh yeah that, that was, was the the Jews, the yep. Jewish leaders, that was, that so was those are the people that killed Jesus and killed the <laughs> who yeah. turned out to be so Paul. He was the, yeah, exactly. He was the ringleader, and um, so I think when Jesus was telling him that they, that's who he meant. He knew that these men, because he had already seen it, and those were the ones that were going to kill him. Yeah, so. What I'm seeing nowadays is Christians who think that the government is the one persecuting them. And I get a little frustrated, I'll be honest. When the, So the government is imposing re regulations for COVID in 
provinces it's different in Canada or whatever. And now they're putting things in place, like in, in Saskatchewan, where you can't go to a restaurant unless you prove you're vaccinated and stuff like that. And they're jumping to equating it with Nazis right away. It's communism and it's Nazis. That's where they they jump to. And then they call it persecution of their, their faith and what they believe and their rights. And yeah, and I think it's insulting myself. I think it's it's offensive to even go there. Yeah, I I'd, I don't want to touch too much on the whole vaxing on vaxing. Yeah, that's not an that's, argument that's, I want to because people no. can choose for themselves. Yeah. It's a, it and is, I really believe yeah. that. But but I also believe that we have to have some rules in a society to protect people. And yeah. so if people set up rules, maybe you don't like them, but it's definitely not Hitler. Like maybe go watch some documentaries. Like that was pretty atrocious. Like killed millions of people. He tried to eliminate a whole race, of, like a whole group of people. He tried to kill God. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really bad. Yeah. yeah but what we're dealing in, with, like in Hitler's view, he's like, well, if God is Jewish, then if I kill all the Jews, I kill God. Yeah. When, well, when he breaks it, all right kinds of things. <laughs> the whole thing with the super race and all that was ridiculous. But I mean, so I mean, I don't get how people can even go there, and I don't want to rip anyone down or anything. But no, but uh, it's, persecution itself, yeah. as I'm seeing it, is when Christians are trying to move their faith or move into something else right now it's people that are in my boat who are somewhat deconstructed or reconstructed whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. uh, working out their faith in different ways than they're used to and moving away from church some people use the term ex-evangelicals and all that stuff and i don't care about labels i'm just a guy that's trying to work out more about what my faith means yeah and I'm not scared to face some things and tear apart some things that I believe traditionally. Yeah. But I don't want to throw it all out by any means. No, absolutely. But the persecution for someone like me comes from other Christians, churchy mm. people that where I was. And I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit that I was that guy too mm -hmm. um, for a lot of years. No, I, I think just think it's an, it's an element we can't disregard in this is that you can expect persecution from what should be actually the people that support you the most. Is that legit? Uh, so, some, sometimes it can be that way. Cause the other thing is like, if we're looking, if we're looking at uh, the season that we have right now throughout the pandemic, um, everything has become polarized and every, every nerve is raw and churches have been mm -hmm. torn down. Right. And right now they're hurting. And oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, because um, we weren't allowed to gather and stuff. Like that. And then people are thinking everything is going to go back to the way it was. And um, I actually was reading an article by Carrie Newoff. Uh, our our pastor has actually gotten us hooked on to. And and he's saying that, you know what, you can't you can't expect everything to go back to the way it was. Why? Why did people leave the church when when uh, the pandemic hit? Right. And why aren't people coming back is kind of his viewpoint. It's like, let's look at this. And it, and it came down to um, 
maybe your your two hours of Sunday isn't enough to compel people to come back. Maybe there's something more. Maybe Christmas is something more. The quote from Dr. <laughs> Seuss, right? <laughs> Maybe it doesn't come in boxes and bags and and worship songs and and yeah. know, fiery sermons or non-fiery sermons. Maybe maybe we be, maybe we do need to be preaching more fiery sermons and and actually changing people's lives, right? I mean, it's better to change their lives than to than to than to placate them, right? And then they just people are now really comfortable at having a pajama church, right? You get to sleep in on Sunday morning. You don't have to get ready, and then you can just tune yeah. in, tune into whatever church you want, right? I mean, during, during, uh, uh, was it smallpox? What was, what was the big one back? Spanish flu. So yeah. the, the big, the big one that happened back then was the Spanish flu, uh, that happened a hundred years ago. And, but then people came back to church when they were allowed to, because there was no other place for them to get, uh, God's word. Hmm. Right. Uh, it, there was no, yeah, that, there yeah, was no true. internet. Like how many church, like I can, I can remember at the height Right? I mean, even 20, 30 years ago, like, the internet was in its infancy. See, it isn't so. <laughs> <laughs> 20, 30, 40 years ago. My goodness. Right? And then, um, so we're looking now, it's like, I can remember some of the, some of the first few months of, of lockdown, right? I, I would have, I would watch about three to four different sermons on a Sunday. Because yeah, I Yeah, I've watched more sermons than ever. Because I could. So now I can pick and choose yeah. which church I want to attend virtually. Yeah. And, and for, for somebody like me, who's a bit more of an introvert, I could, I could survive off of, right? Yeah, well, that's the thing. If, if, if you go, if Sunday to you was gathering information yeah, and singing music, then I don't need to go anywhere for that. Yeah. But, I could see the best preachers in the world right in my kitchen or on my computer, anywhere I want, and I can listen to the best music. I got Spotify. Yeah. But here's the Why thing. Why do I? But there's no community. Zero. Exactly. Where's Where's yeah. your personal community? The people who are going to be there next to you, face to face, challenging you on things. Yeah. See, and praying that's the thing you, that praying with you wasn't happening in church though, and that's the difference. And it, that's what should be happening. Exactly. See, now what I'm saying is if you work towards that in your community, in your church, you will find that for the most part, people don't want that. They want the service that makes them feel good and do the thing, maybe challenge them even. I'm not saying they're all bad or don't have a good heart or anything like that. But the level of corporate intimacy is not there in order to really build and do the things that need to get done to help people. Mm. Oh, well, that's uh, my that's my that's my experience. Okay. It might not be that in every church. Because <laughs> I, I was uh, I was going to challenge you on that because I I would say like the churches that have been growing since like like uh, have been the churches that are doing that because people mm -hmm. are like you know what I want to make sure that this is real. They know they need each other. That's right. And so that the, yeah. the churches that are actually pushing that are the ones that are growing. Right. Because mm -hmm. I can remember like the first Sunday that we got back to uh, that we that we had an in-person service. Uh, leading worship that day was awesome. 
right? We didn't have the huge amount of people that we normally have. We had like 20 people, but still it was just like, for me, it was the most impactful thing. Uh, just, just to be, just being allowed to lead worship in, in, in front of people who haven't been able to corporately sing all together at the same time. And, and that was just like, that's, you know, you step into that and it's like, okay, God put me here for this, to do this. Right. And so, yeah. so see, see, seeing some of the churches that are growing, it's because they're doing it. Right. And it's not just the big flashy churches, like some of the churches, like they're, you know, they're preaching and they're, they're. It's yeah. the medium flashy churches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that's good. See, and I wish this is why I want to build community here because I want to hear from people. I have one perspective and one set of experiences. And I want to hear other people's experiences and build a community. And we can do that virtually here, but it's not as good as doing it in person, obviously. Um, and the pandemic's put a real wrench in my gears because I'm a good hugger. Uh, it's one of my prime gifts uh is to uh do those things mm -hmm. and uh it stinks that you can't do that stuff and i don't see why not because i mean you look at you look at okay if we're going to talk about uh you see like protests happening outside people standing shoulder to shoulder yelling and screaming with no masks on and stuff and yet we can't hug in a church um, I've seen pictures of raves and, and concerts and stuff happening and people are all dancing around and, and yeah. no masks or whatever, right? Or very few mm -hmm. masks and shoulder to shoulder, yet we can't hug in church. Oh, come on. I mean, at the same time, I want to respect other people's boundaries. If they do not want to be hugged, I won't hug them. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, if, no, I don't. I don't ever assume. Yeah. You have to learn that because there's people that don't ever want to be hugged by anyone yeah. ever. Oh, and even now there's people. Pandemic that, or yeah, there's now there's even people like like who are not comfortable with it. Like even though they would hug before and stuff, it's like you still have to ask them. It's like, is it okay? You know, you know, can we hug or whatever? And so yeah, you have to. And Brandy says she's a hugger too. She totally is. Yeah. Oh come on, girl! I know it. Yeah, <laughs> huggers are good. We're a special breed. Um, okay, so what are the reasons I I wanted to ask this for doing for for uh, being persecuted? Why are they being persecuted? Why would we be persecuted? It's for basically to put it really simple for doing what's right. Yeah. I so just... like like blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'm I'm applying this to all the things we've looked at. Yes. So if I'm hungry and thirsting for righteousness, if I'm uh working towards peace if i'm doing all those things then that's gonna cause persecution we can expect yeah. it yeah absolutely because i mean you look at you look at um so this this is getting into who's in charge jesus or satan and that's why you're going to be persecuted because the world you know satan pretty much runs the world and so we're looking at that and anything that we do to help promote the kingdom of God is not promoting the kingdom of the. So you're going against popular opinion as well. You're going against um, uh, warmongering, profiteering, greed, 
mm-hmm. lust, everything. Our human nature, basically. You're going against human nature. Because our, our human nature wants to do all those things. Not it's not in our in our DNA, I guess you'd say, to do this, right? This is this is going against human nature and trying to become more God in nature or more like Jesus in nature. Hmm. And that's and that's probably why he rubbed everybody the wrong way in his time, in Jesus' time. Because he was he was trying to show them that the kingdom wasn't what they thought it was going to be. They thought the kingdom was going to be a physical manifestation. They thought they that wanted they, they were wanted looking war. for power. Yeah, they wanted for they wanted power and war. Yeah, they were like, oh great, we can we can go and take out the Romans. And Jesus yeah. was like, no 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 no, give unto Caesar what Caesar, give unto God what's God's. See, and I've seen that in modern day church. That's what scares me. Uh, it was most obvious in the states in the last years with Trump in charge because the church latched onto him. Yeah, the certain evangelicals and as their guy, and it's like all guns and like America and and now as Christians we have the power, political power, and really that's the opposite of what I think a Jesus follower should look for, for power. It's not in, in those things. So, yeah. but we're no different in Canada. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a whole segment of evangelicalism that might be thinking that it'd be preferable if we had the government on our side mm-hmm. where Jesus is like, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, whatever. Like that's his, he's, those aren't the things he was interested in. Yeah, he's like my people followed these things, so he's setting it forth in in this sermon, and it starts off with these beatitudes. Like, okay, we're looking for peace. We're not looking to, you know. So, so, but you know what? When you do these things, it's going to rub a whole lot of people wrong. And I just expect it from everywhere now. To be honest, when you when you say things like. Um, one of the most obvious I see at work is, is we haven't covered it yet, but we'll get to it is, is lusting. I think so Mm. many men are just completely, they don't struggle with lust. They're happy to lust. It's lust is part of their life. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. And when you block against that and say, no, I'm not interested or whatever. No, I don't want to look at your phone right now. Yeah. Cause you're just going to show me some trash. I don't want to see Well, why not? Like, cause I, it's not how I roll, man. And cause I love man, my wife. You get railed. Yeah. It's just, there's not everyone, but there'll be guys that are bold enough to make fun of you and laugh at you and just not believe you and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, sorry. I don't, I don't think about having sex with every person I see. Sorry. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's such a, anti-society thing like people just they think it's crazy but i'm what am i persecuted i don't know i'm just oh they're making fun of you maybe mocked or teased or whatever so it's not quite the same you're getting mocked and teased al yeah you're getting mocked (laughs) and teased mocked and teased (laughs) but anyway it's for doing what's right standing up for the lesser for working for peace for being meek all those things are the ones that might trigger 
uh, this persecution. And it's for being like Jesus. For Jesus' sake, it's not, that's a clear thing in, in the passage. It's not, not because you're a jerk. Maybe sometimes you're just a jerk and you deserve something. You know, if you're doing all the Jesus things and being persecuted, that's the, mm. I think we have to make that distinction because if you're a arrogant, bossy Christian who's going around yelling at people and bashing their heads with a sign, uh, if maybe, someone maybe, fights maybe back, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say maybe if somebody punches you back, I think you deserved it. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're just being a jerk there, but but that might not be persecution. But like an example with with love, they nerd. Part of the inspiration for that ministry would just help nerds because because there's always a group of Christians at every comic convention and stuff. Yeah, I should say Christians, dad, church people that go with big signs to make sure everyone at the con knows they're going to hell. Yeah, because they play Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. Ooh, yeah, it's things like that. So, <laughs> loving nerd reaches out to those people. So now those, yeah, if you're getting some pushback for that, it's just probably because you're being a mean person. Mm-hmm. Randy has a comment. Because you're standing up for what is right and Jesus is there standing with you. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Well, and we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Okay, now, another thing. It's important to mention this thing about the prophets, too. Mm. And because uh, they were the ones that... And what, what did prophets in the Old Testament do? They called out the sins of the people, right? So their job was when what was happening amongst God's people didn't line up with what God wanted, mm-hmm. they call them out. Yeah. So and we, we do, obviously, there's, we like to think of the, thing, the predictions and all that stuff, but that's really not what their job was. Their job was to show, get people back on track. Hey, hey, God's saying, do this. Like, if you don't... There's going to be consequences, and they would predict that. But for the most part, yeah. they're just like, "Hey, here's your way out. Here's this is the way. Yeah. Come on, you guys. Thanks, Samuel. Get on did track. that with David quite a bit, right? Yeah, and they hated him, and they killed him. <laughs> so, but if if I'm a Jesus follower, I I don't, and, and we probably have differing ideas about roles and gifts and those things, which is fine. And I, I'm I'd love to talk about that one day, but we're not on that track right now. But I think each of us probably has this role to call things out like that. Like we should be comfortable with someone in our in our community of Christians, whether it's in a church or something else or home group, calling something out when someone has the wrong attitude, it's something not Christ-like. They should be able to say, you know what, I I don't see that as Christ-like. Or I don't see that as yeah. And hopefully, and hopefully they don't take it the wrong way. Yeah, right. well, oh. you don't want to offend people, but what did prophets, like, did they go into this thing, oh, these people are going to be pissed. <laughs> I probably should wait. That's you know? true. That's true, right? So I mean, they th- did they think that? I don't know. Like, Jonah obviously ran away from it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to Nineveh. <laughs> no problem. Going to Nineveh. <laughs> going to Because I'm going to get killed. I'm going to go there to get killed because all <laughs> so the prophets were killed for calling people out. Yeah, Nineveh is that way. 
Yeah, okay. I'm going, going the other way. That way. <laughs> and we'd, we'd all do the same. We always act like he's such a joker, but he was probably pretty smart to do that. <laughs> he's like, uh-uh. was, yeah, no. And then God's but, like, so, uh, okay, no, I'll take you there by force. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> here's a giant, so what do we do now? Do we, fish whale. do we call things out? We can actually, if you do that, just, I'm just saying expect some pushback. Yeah. It might not be persecution and all that, so it's not going to be the same way. But, yeah. but obviously, for the guys he was talking to, they called out the the religious leaders, yeah, like Jesus did. Jesus said, "Hey, you guys are all like dead inside. Yeah, you're a bunch of useless teachers that no one wants to listen to anymore. Just go away already." I think it and wasn't so much get with a new concept, and then they they killed yeah. them, and then they. I I don't think it's so much about the useless, is that they were just. They became power hungry and dictating how things were, go- you know, instead of, instead yeah. of, I mean, cause, cause, um, the whole thing was way Jesus. off track with what God was trying <laughs> yeah, to Jesus, do. God wanted community with the world, with his creation. Right. Cause that had been broken in Adam. Like if we're going to go mm-hmm. way back. So that got, that got broken in Adam and, and all throughout the Bible, he's trying to restore a right relationship once again with people, like mm-hmm. a, a personal relationship. And the best that he could do at the time was through the priests. But then the priests start making it a business. Ooh. And that's why Jesus, and so, and that's why Jesus like fashioned a whip flipped the, and yeah, flipped the tables, flipped the tables and drove them out because they, t- they figured out how to make it into a business. Now you also look That'd at. That'd be an artifact, eh? If you could find that whip. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm sure there's about Hang it on your wall. 500 whips out there that are saying this was the whip that Jesus used. <laughs> the whip right? of Jesus. The yeah. whip of Jesus. Sort of like the cross, the cross of Christ. If they actually gathered up all the splinters that say that uh, these are the actual artifacts of the cross of Christ. I was like, well, that's one huge cross now. <laughs> <laughs> I, me- I remember that from like old Western civilization. 12, something like that. Days. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then even looking, I, I was, I read an article that somebody had wrote about, um, I, I forget who it was that, that wrote it. It may have been one of the Carrie New. It's because I get those like daily. I get it. And uh, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, uh, who, who wrote the 99 rules or whatever it was and, and nailed thesis, it to the, yeah. the thesis, right? Um, so he, he was going against, um, the, the Catholic church at the time because the Catholic church became the power Mm -hmm. and they had taken away God's grace and God's mercy in, in, in a sense. Right. Uh, and they're like, the only way to get forgiveness of sins is through a a priest or through a bishop or, or something. Yeah, or not, paying money to see Mary's underwear or whatever the heck artifact I, they I, had. I, I don't know. I'm not Catholic. I, I'm not going to profess to know everything. And then Martin Luther. He, no, I've looked into, yeah. The, the, he the didn't, Reformation came yeah. against that stuff. And he didn't want to abolish the Catholic Church. He wanted to help it become grace and mercy filled again. He loved the Catholic. It was, it was part of his, his his upbringing and his teachings and his and everything, right? So... He, he really wanted them just to like, hey, let's get back into right relationship with God. Let's make it so that the people have a personal one-on-one connection again with, with Jesus. And I, I would say that they persecuted him. And that's how the whole Protestant movement came about. Was because- mm-hmm. So there's, there's 
that? There's people like that. And so I guess I I have that part in me or I'm missing a piece, I guess, that makes me stop to think before I call things out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not big on looking into what gifts or what, but if you wanted to peg something on me, it, I, it would be profit because I like to do that, calling things out. Yeah. But I definitely don't predict the future. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and I, Brand, I'd be, Brand, I'd... <laughs> yeah. Brandy, Brandy's got a good point about, you know, if you are going to call something out on somebody, and it's like her comment is, I think having a relationship with the person is so important so that the connection comes out of love. Or the correction. Yeah. The correction, correction comes yeah. out of love. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's I got for really sure. Tiny writing on my screen. <laughs> no, that's true. Like, is it if you're confronting one person for sure? Like, uh, yeah. Um, if you're calling out, uh, like so the church in large C church in general, or those kind of things, or calling out, I've done with men, like in general, men, like, hey, because I'm a uh, I fight for the rights of women in society, then it's like, a, it's not personal, but people, I guess, still will take it personal. Uh, but definitely, if you're, I'm not always that comfortable talking one-on-one with someone too about their faults. Mm. Usually I just wait for them to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll happen, some, you know, but that... Mind you, I'm also not that, I don't have many close friendships where I can do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, and I think that's that's kind of what she was getting at, was the fact that you need to have yeah. a close personal, you need, you need to know the people, right? If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to correct somebody on what they're doing, you need to know them, you, you know, you can understand where they're coming or you, you know pretty much what their reaction is going to be, but you still need to have that conversation. Because sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes the the conversation that you're having with in your head in order to correct them will actually go a different way. And I would say that if before you do um, something like that, pray, like 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 get oh for your sure. heart right with God about this. Are you doing this out of out of selfish ambition or or what? Right. So you know you have to have your heart sort of right. In, in, you know, you can't just be going off half cock. You can't just be angry. No. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're just a, if you're just a grumpy person that wants to yell at everybody, that's, that's just the wrong reason. Yeah. Like some of the things, one of the, the ways I started changing, I'll just say it's quick and then we got to move to one more thing. I... I still remember sitting in church and I knew of about four or five people in the, in the, in the service that Sunday that were, were dying inside. Mm. Like whether it was from mental illness or from a broken relationship or something, I could see it in their face. I'm an empath, so I can feel those things. And then I was sitting there through the announcements, looking at these people, like the 20 minutes of announcements and thinking, what are we doing for these people? How is this helping these people? How is this a place of refuge for these people? Mm-hmm. 
a place where they can heal and all that. Because we're literally singing some awesome songs, which are cool. But not if you're the person that's life is falling apart. It maybe there's some that don't do that, but there's they just stand there. There's this look on their face like they're broken. Mm-hmm. And then we do 20 minutes of announcements, and then we fill them full of biblical information. Everyone says, how are you doing? And we're good. And then they leave. And what have we done to help them? They're yeah. dying. They're, they're falling apart. <clears throat> and so that's when I started calling that out. I'm like, I just have this passion. And I felt God leading me. And I'm like, what can we do to develop intimacy in our meetings? Because this is cool and all, and it's great. And we've done this for 2,000 years or whatever, according to some people. But I don't know. Is there more? Absolutely, there's more. I mean, you can. And so I've, I know it can happen, but <laughs> this was my experience. And I'm like, so this is yeah. where I felt like I needed to call that out. Yeah. I mean, because we have, you can't fix people's lives in two hours. No. That, that has to be a relationship that you have with them more than just, more than just on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to get to know these people. Have them over for dinner. Have I'm not them... saying the service is wrong. I'm just saying no. we got to do more than that. And somehow it has to be, yeah. it, that has to be the plug-in area where you come in to, you know, get back to what we're doing. But the, I mean, maybe take them off and talk to them, pray with them, something. I don't know. It's going to be something. Yeah, like, uh, or like better. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, life together. <laughs> right? You got, you got to get in the trenches together. You got to get dirty together. You got to figure this out together. It's life together. Yeah, cool. Okay, so one quick thing. Can we really be glad? Be very glad? What was the message? Give a little cheer? Yeah. Not little. Even give a little cheer. Just a woohoo. No. <laughs> Rejoice. And I don't know, maybe that translation's a little far, but be glad. So is uh can we really be happy about persecution if it's really like i guess maybe our people i I think a stephen being stoned to death yeah in acts he saw the glory of god mad yeah he's he's like (laughs) i see the glory i see the jesus sitting at the right hand of the father and and then he started to go Yeah, and they're just they're so mad. They're just smashing his head in with rocks. They're so mad at him. Yeah, and he's just happy. He's like, "Hey, I'm good with this." Yeah, uh, is, is, I'm is, on my home. <laughs> I'm on my way home. Right, and it, but we get so comfortable in our lives. Um, yeah, but I I can remember, uh, I can remember a story that um, one of my mentors had said. Um, so one of his friends, he had been captured in the middle east and was was i mean hardcore persecution where they would actually take them in the heat of the day and they would strap them into the desert like they would they would have them pegged in the desert like strapped down uh throughout the heat of the day right and and this guy all he could think was uh was worship songs he knew as a kid and that was it and every once in a while, a bird would fly by. It was like, rolled away, rolled away. <laughs> oh, but this bird, when it would fly by, would actually cast a shadow on him. 
And so he would get like a little reprieve from, hmm. from the sun. Right. And so he, in, and so because they were given like no water and just out there to bake in the sun. And every once in a while, a bird would fly by while he was singing worship song and just give him a little bit of a reprieve. Um, and, and he found joy in that to be in, in, in the fact that God would send him a bird just to give him a little bit of a reprieve with, with some shadow. Right. Hmm. So. I don't know. I think I'm not there, but it, I'm not seeing that God can't work that in our lives, but it sounds like, like Jesus is making it a choice, right? Yeah. It's, that always scares me because it's like, okay, hey, just be happy about it because they treated the prophets this way too, and they're all good. I'm like, yeah, but they all got like <laughs> killed and stuff. So, but we really? all gonna die. That's true. Is that, yeah, we're, we're all infected with death. So, I think what we need to is the. I'll let you, you can say what you think is the, uh, but I want to f- sum up for me with the. Uh, Doing what is right. So all these beatitudes together are about about living the right life for for God. Like it's all about you will when you're in the right place and your relationship with God is right, you do the right things to follow his ways. And hey, if you're doing that boldly, that might involve calling some things out, that might involve rubbing some people wrong. But don't do it like an angry person. Just rejoice. Like, hey, well, and maybe someone will persecute you. Maybe they'll, someone will, will will argue with you or fight with you. Just like, whatever, I'm just going to keep doing my thing. If you've got a problem with me loving people, then mm. sorry. And you're like, oh, how could you not have a gun? Well, I'm kind of into peace right now. So I think I don't want a handgun because I'm not interested in killing people. So that's how I interpret the not... You know, being a warmonger, sorry. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm not going to be grumpy about it. I'll just be me. Uh, to me, that's what I'm getting out of this. It's not necessarily to be Mr. Prophet and call things out. It's not to be Mr. Mopey, like, oh, I'm so persecuted. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you know what? There's going to be pushback if I'm living like Jesus, but I'm going to stay happy about it. I'm going to try, I mean, as far as that part of my life goes, I'm going to just do my best to move forward and enjoy. Mm. Is there something you want to take from this for sure? Mm. This well, is for posterity. I'm writing it down. Okay, for posterity. Okay. I don't even know what posterity means. Uh, neither do I. But it's it's it got, it's got cool. like three syllables in it. I'll have to look it up. So. <laughs> four um, syllables. Four syllables. Yeah, it's got more more than three syllables. I'll definitely have to look it up. Yeah, I'm a pretty simple dude. And yeah, so I like to live fairly simple truth. Um so today, actually, in preparation for this, because we're wrapping up the Beatitudes. Um I listened to the last episode of The Chosen, where he where Jesus talks about the Beatitudes. Oh yeah, it's in, it's uh, season two or whatever. Season yeah, two, yeah. the very last episode, uh, and he's telling Matthew about the beatitude, and but he's like, okay, I, you know, because he goes up to Matthew, he's like, I think I know how to, I think I know how how I want to start the sermon. Matthew's like, what, what, what? It's like it's a map, and I didn't catch that the first time that he said it. It's like it's a map, 
And so then he takes Matthew and he tells him about the Beatitudes. And he, go, and he goes through all of them. And then Matthew looks at him and he's like, how on earth is this a map? And Jesus was like, you know what? It's not going to be plain for people. I want my, my followers to dig in to find out what's actually happening, to find the truth in the words. So this is a map. If you are looking for me, look for these people. Look for the poor. Look for the meek. Look for the peaceful, right? Look, you know, if you go through all the Beatitudes, look for those people because that's where Jesus is going to be. And I was like, wow, I never got that before. And, you know, not saying that the chosen is like theologically correct or anything, but that hit me. I'm like, that's who we should be. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously we don't know if Jesus said it's a map. No. But I think it's fair to say that that's what it is. Like his teaching was on purpose. I don't want to use the term vague, but in it, it, but it was like he used like people like parables and stuff. Like, what does this even mean? And yeah, you're gonna have to think about it. And the eyes of the spirit are gonna direct you. So it, he's anticipating a time when the Holy Spirit will be involved with drawing people to the right way of thinking, the right way of living. Yeah, uh, and so that's why I love this what we're doing because we're working through this. And I think this is, while I think that, uh, you know, studying original documents and all that stuff is super important and, and understanding all the context, I still think that it's really important for us to hash things out just as brothers and sisters by, with the Spirit connecting us because the same Holy Spirit in me is the same Holy Spirit in you. Mm-hmm. I think we can learn from each other by doing this. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. And understanding Jesus better. It's a map. It's a map. And look for Jesus there, right? I mean, look for Jesus in the poor, in the meek, in the humble. Yeah. Because it's Jesus, you know, as you said, I'll be right there. And yeah, I mean, our our men's Bible study that we have at our church, we're actually going through Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. <laughs> <laughs> now... Now, now, you, you as as someone who is a egalitarian or a feminist, however you want to say it, might be like, Both. wait yeah, a Christian, second. You're, you could say Christian feminist Christi- because okay, that, Christian that, feminist that holds a different, yeah. We'll soften it down a little bit, right? But um, well, That's what I call myself. Anyway. Okay. And then, so, uh, we're, we're reading this book, and right away, he's like, now, now, most feminists might be offended by this book, but trust me, by the end of it, they'll actually be agreeing with it. Because what it is, it's like men will fight for women and women's rights stuff. But to be a man is to do things. Men do things. We don't sit around and discuss it all the time. We'll actually go out there and do the things, right? Like the, 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 the fame, like when you think of like famous men in history and stuff like that, they did things. They didn't sit in committees. So you know, maybe maybe we got to take that 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 point in our churches as well, like in 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 our in our personal personal oh. lives and churches as well, um, to stop just chatting about what we should be doing, but actually doing it. Yeah. So looking for Jesus in these areas, 
looking for Jesus in these people. Yeah, the p- poor, poor and stuff. hungry people don't need our thoughts and prayers. They just need food. You feed them. Like you said earlier. And a new, and a new coat. <laughs> oh, oh, look at that. You yeah. know, tied into like like one of our first episodes. Look at that. Okay, that's all we can do. <laughs> we can't go on too long. We're already over an hour. Yeah, but that's all right. We well, got, no, I we've guess got that's to do things. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, questions or comments, anything you want to be part of this discussion, you have a lot of options. Uh, if you want to be old school about it, just send us an email, moreaboutjesus21 at gmail.com, and I'll answer that, and I'll... Uh, Get you connected somehow. We're on Twitter at moreaboutjesus3. Um, we're both on Twitter ourselves. All these kind of links, though, are in wherever you see podcasts. So on the page on Spotify or on Apple, there's there's links. And now we have a blog. So if you... Um, I don't know where I've put those, but it's on our Discord anyway, too. Mm-hmm. I, I I love Discord, but I'm not going to try jamming it down anyone's throat. I, mean, I think it's great, but that's a community building place. And the blog will just be something I use once in a while. But you can also listen to the podcast there as well. And of course, YouTube. So if you're watching this live on YouTube, thanks for being here. Um, also, if you're listening to it via podcast, we have YouTube. So Check out more about Jesus podcast on YouTube and you can actually be here when we do it live and be part of the discussion. We need more people there. No, we don't. For the low, low mission the two, price. Mo- the two most important people in our lives are in the chat right now. That's right. And for the, mo- you know, it's for the low, low admission price of one like. Yeah, one like. All you have to do is click. All you have to do is click. Yeah. Now, I haven't said it before, but I will say that before we go. Yeah, if you're on Apple, like, just give a rating and stuff like that. And it's not for us. We're not out to get viewers. And we even prayed about that before we started tonight. We're not doing this to be popular or get views or likes or any of that. But if you do that stuff, then we can build our community. And then we can have more people talking about Jesus and making their lives more about Jesus, which is what this is about. So that's the only reason to do it. Because I I got zero money. I'm not, I don't, there's no... I think there might be ways, but I'm not interested in that. No. We're, bo- we're both working yeah. guys. We're not going to get rich off of this. Yeah, no. Not at all. Yeah. Well, my beard, if it's long, I don't know. No. <laughs> Maybe I can use this to tie into a beard oil company and, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should need some hair growth uh, uh, as both both of us are yeah, like Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Ooh. We need keeps. We need keeps to come on. But that's, that's only in the It'll States. Start Growing slowly, and as <laughs> years progress, like maybe year three, we'll just have this full head of hair. Ooh. Like, hey, you want, you, you've been using, you've been using this special growth thing, and I've just been using the stuff from a chia pet. <laughs> it's gonna start growing like asparagus sprouts on the top of my head, or something right. like that. <laughs> well, this Bean has sprouts. been really, really good. I love you, Daniel. Thanks for uh, being the iron that sharpens my iron or whatever. Iron sharpening iron. Yeah. I'll be your iron. This is good. (laughs) Um, So I've said all the things. So thanks for being here, everyone. Until next time, let's do all we can to make our lives more about Jesus. Yes. And let's all treat each other a little nicer. Yes. Yes.
or like Jesus. Cool. Amen. Amen.